You know, many of you might not feel this way, but I really like winter. It's one of my favorite things all year round is to see the snow. There's something amazing about it. I just love the fact that it changes things, right? It covers up the mud and the dead leaves and the dead plants, and everything for a little while is covered in fresh white snow, and it's, it's clean, and it's beautiful. I love that. I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I, I grew up with snow all the time. And in, in 1996, I remember uh, being out of school for what felt like a month, because it snowed like two feet. And the plows would come by, and they would push the snow out of the street, and then it would make uh, the snow by the side of the street like four foot. And we would, we would dig tunnels, and we would uh, you know, have, have a blast just playing in the snow. Uh, my birthday was that same week of that blizzard, and and I remember we can't, had to cancel all plans, and we invited the neighborhood kids over. We had some cake, and uh, that's the ideas that I get when I see snow. It, it's a pause, and it's uh, fresh-baked cookies and no homework. But then I lived in the South for 12 years, and I barely saw a snowflake, and you'd see the weather call, said it was going to call for snow. I, I remember when I lived in Savannah for the first time, I saw uh, a warning come up at the bottom of the screen while we were watching the news, and it said, frost warning. And I just thought that was so hilarious that they you know, were warning people that uh, they had to, I guess, bring their plants inside or something like that. But I love winter, and I love the snow, but I wouldn't want it always to be winter, right? That would begin to get depressing, seeing no change, not being able to go and sit on your front porch and, and drink a glass of iced tea. And it would get depressing, never seeing any movement, not really looking forward to anything, no hope for change. Our lives can feel that way sometimes. As we look out on the horizon, we don't see any hope for something different. But it's not a witch from Narnia that has cursed our land. It is sin. But last week we saw that hope can burst through even the darkest and most disappointing situations. Help can come through sorrow and pain. The whole creation waits for this change, for that curse to be lifted. And it tells us that in Romans 8, 19. It says, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation waits was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that creation itself will be free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. You can almost feel it, right? Creation groaning. The earth shudders and the winds blow and the rains beat down on us and the fires roar. And we see all these things around us. And that's why there are hurricanes and earthquakes and tsunamis. The earth itself is groaning, waiting to be set free from the curse and judgment of sin. The earth itself waits for full restoration that will happen at the return of Jesus Christ. The the world itself is longing to be free from the curse. God created our world good. 
Yet because of Satan and because of sin, our world is not as it should be. Our world is not as it was created to be. And we are not as we should be. We are not as we were created to be. We're prisoners of sin, locked up, needing redemption. We need a savior. We need someone to rescue us from the curse. But this curse is not just something that happened to us. We brought it on ourselves. Galatians 3.10 says, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law and do them. Uh Uh-oh, right? That's bad news. Cursed be everyone that breaks one of God's laws. That's all of us. And when we break God's law, we bring sin into the world ourselves. If it wasn't Adam and Eve, it would have been me. We bring the curse. Charles Spurgeon says this, as the salt flavors every drop in the Atlantic, so does sin affect every atom of our nature. It's so sadly there, so abundantly there, that if you cannot detect it, then you are deceived. The Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Don't ever fall into the trap that you can be good enough to get to God. Don't ever fall in the trap that you can earn your salvation and earn the love of God. You will fall short every single time. But Jesus, the Messiah, sprung through that dark winter of hopelessness 2,000 years ago. And one day he will end the curse of sin forever. This winter will be over forever. Galatians 4.4 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive the adoption of sons. At just the right time, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, born as a baby so that he could live life just like us. But he wasn't just the baby. He was God wrapped in flesh, and he lived a perfect and a holy life so that he could redeem and adopt us. Complete forgiveness. The next verse goes on and says, because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so that you are no longer slaves, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, then you are now his child. You're no longer a slave to sin, but a son, a daughter. And because you're a son and daughter, you have an inheritance. You are an heir of God. And it all happened because Christmas broke through that winter. Luke 2, 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among among those which whom he is pleased. That is the promise of Christmas. Christ was born 2,000 years ago in the city of Bethlehem. The angels announced that the Messiah was here, but he didn't stay a baby. He didn't just stay in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. He walked this earth and he lived a perfect and a holy life that led to the cross and led to the grave. But then at that grave, the angels spoke once again. But this time they said, he is not here. He is risen. Death is defeated. The grave has no sting. And then Jesus ascended to heaven and he left us with his Holy Spirit so that we can commune with God at all points and at all times. God truly is with us. But he won't stay gone long. Jesus is coming back again, and this time he will restore the world from the curse of sin once and for all. We should look forward to Christ coming back with that same anticipation that a child looks forward to Christmas. Jesus is coming again. That old poem in Narnia said this, about Aslan, this picture of Jesus that C.S. Lewis wrote out for us in the Chronicles of Narnia. It said this about Aslan. Wrong will be right when Aslan comes in sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrows will be no more. When he bears his teeth, winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, it will be spring again. And just like that, At the second advent, Jesus will destroy the curse of sin and the winter of sin from the world once and for all. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 1 John 3, 8 tells us that the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Isaiah tells us a prophecy of what the world will look like when the curse of winter is over forever. In Isaiah 65, 17, Isaiah said, Behold, he's reading here and he's telling a prophecy about what God's going to do. God says, Behold, I create a new heaven and a new earth, and the former things shall be remembered no more, nor come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. Everything will be new. The pain and sorrow forgotten. No death, no weeping, no crying. Joy and gladness will reign forever and ever. It will be spring. John tells us in the book of Revelation, he describes what that will feel like, what that will look like in Revelation 21.1. John saw this prophecy much like Isaiah's. It says, then I saw a new heaven 
and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away all tears from their eyes. Death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha, I am the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have his heritage. And I will be his God and he will be my son. The king is coming. And if you haven't bowed your knee and you haven't confessed your sin and accepted that gift of forgiveness, then you can do that today once and for all. Alexander McLaurin said this, embrace in one act two truths, thine own sin and God's infinite mercy in Jesus Christ. There's good news and bad news. The the bad news is this, that you are desperately wicked and there is nothing that you can do about it. But you're also unbelievably loved. You have no hope within yourself, but God made a way that you could get to him and it happened 2,000 years ago. We celebrate it during Christmas. God left heaven to be with us so that we could get to him. Merry Christmas. No one likes waiting. Feels good to get what we want when we want, right? But when our expectations are delayed for a long time, we can experience disappointment and disillusionment and loss of hope. And maybe they're there today. Zachariah and Elizabeth, they lived a life longing for something. And they woke up every morning in a winter of disappointment. Things looked impossible. But spring broke through and God answered their prayers. Now Mary's situation was different. Mary's winter broke to spring with something she didn't ask for, something she would not have wanted. She thought it was a mistake at first. Everything seemed to be crashing down, and Joseph was heartbroken. The the relationship looked like it was irrevocably broken. But then she rejoiced, looking back at what God had done through that winter. And she was able to say, he has done great things for me. Whatever her fears, whatever her doubts, her questions, Mary chose to believe God. I don't know what winter you're going through right now. I don't know what situation that you're going through that you didn't ask for, you weren't looking for. But I do know this. I do know that God chose you and that you are loved and that God can bring good out of any situation. Have faith. 
Have hope. Trust Him. This time of year we call Advent isn't only about looking to the past. It's about looking to the future, to the fact that the curse is being broken and that the true King is coming and that winter will one day be over and the warmth and life of spring will reign forever. Wrong will be right when Aslan comes in sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrows will be no more. When he bears his teeth, winter meets his death. And when he shakes his mane, it will be spring again. Have hope and Merry Christmas. I want you to bow your head right where you're at. This has been a tough week for our church. Sometimes it can be hard for us to go through these type of situations and And sometimes we ask why, and sometimes things get shaky inside of us. But know this. God reigns, and that God is good. And God sees more than this moment you're in right now. God sees infinitely in both directions. Sometimes we get overwhelmed. And the waves crash over us and we feel like we can't breathe and we can't get to the surface again. But God loves you. He sees you. And he knows the future. And that same person that knows the future wants to hold your hand right now in the midst of what you're going through. See, sometimes God calms the sea Sometimes he walks in that waves with you. I can't promise you life's going to always be easy. I can't promise you that nothing bad's ever going to happen. That would be lies. No matter how much faith you have, you will go through hard times. But I can promise you that God will be with you through those hard times. Let's pray right now and ask God for us to to trust him and to have faith. Dear Jesus, I I pray during this, this hard year, God, people are sick, people have died, God, people are losing, losing hope with their job situations. Relationships are strained, marriages are strained. School is frustrating. God, I pray through the midst of this that this will push us closer to you, not farther away. God, help us to remember that we have no answers and we have no hope without you. God, I pray you wrap your arms around each and every person that's listening right now. God, make yourself known in this situation to the families that are hurting, to those that have shed tears this last week. God, comfort them and come alongside them. Lord, I pray for anyone right now that's listening that does not know you. They haven't accepted that gift of uh, forgiveness and redemption and reconciliation. God, I pray that right now, 
They realize their need for a sinner. There's no good that they can do to get to you. God, I pray right now that they would call out to you. Put their faith and trust in you this morning. Once and for all. That they would trust what you did on the cross to save them. No amount of their good works. Lord, we love you. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you that Jesus took our place on the cross and he took the sting of death and that he defeated the grave once and for all and is coming back for us once again. We love you. In your name we pray.